0: Welcome back to the Young Buck Betts Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and we are rolling with the new Wednesday and Saturday uploads for the next little while. I like doing Wednesdays, gives me more time to prepare throughout the week, give you a better product on Wednesdays rather than the Tuesday upload. And I like doing Saturdays because that way I can give you my picks. I get a better idea of who's in and out of the lineups. And on top of that, usually the player props and touchdown scores and everything is available to me on Saturday. So I could give out some of those picks on the pod too. So with that being said, Wednesday and Saturday from here on out until I say otherwise, because... Guess who runs the pot? This guy right here. But obviously, I didn't bet this week. I was talking about resp- responsible gambling. And my motto here is don't just talk about it, be about it. So I was about it and I didn't gamble, but I still gave away some picks. And I did tell everyone, you know, tail with caution because if I lose these, I'm not losing with you. So I hope maybe you didn't tail them and you just listened and you kind of like followed along because I didn't do horrible, horrible, but I didn't do great. That's for sure. If you followed them, I don't know how much money you would have made. You might have just struggled to break even. So I'll recap some of those picks that I gave out. But of course, as always, as of late, I'm switching over from just gambling to more of an all-around sports talk, even though I'm just about to talk about the NFL here. I have a couple things I want to talk about. And then obviously, at the end of the podcast, or leading to the end of the podcast, we will do the look ahead into the Week 13 of the NFL season and at the end of the day the Leafs are playing tonight so we will look ahead to their game tonight but the first thing I want to talk about is my boy Tua Tagovailoa. Tua's first 16 starts are in the books and the internet is going absolutely bonkers about it they're going bonkers and it's he's catching a lot of heat there's almost no there's almost no in between people either love him or they hate him but a lot more people Hate him, then love him. They don't think he's the real deal, but his first 16 starts are in the books, and he has a 67% completion percentage. That's 351 for 524. He's got 3,515 yards, 21 touchdowns through the air, 11 interceptions. He's got a 90.5 passer rating, passer rating and six rushing touchdowns. That's through 16 16- starts and to me those numbers are impressive if you think about it as a rookie that is an an impressive rookie season and I understand that Tua isn't fully a rookie throughout those 16 games but to throw for 21 TDs in your first 16 games or 16 starts rather is impressive that would have him tied for seventh all time in passing touchdowns thrown by a rookie in a season and he also added six rushing touchdowns on the ground for a total of 27 scores that he accounted for just by himself in 16 games. That's all done behind a horrible offensive line, and throwing to, you know, he's got Jalen Waddell this year. Devontae Parker's always hurt. Will Fuller wasn't even in the lineup. He's throwing to shitty receivers 75% of the time. This guy's got 67% completion percentage, and he's he's doing well. He's throwing touchdowns. He's rushing balls in. He is doing well. The 3,515 yards is somewhat underwhelming when you first look at it, But in 2020, that 3,515 yards would have put him in 19th overall in passing yards by all QBs in the NFL. In comparison, there was only one other rookie that threw for more yards than 3,515 in 2020. Who was that rookie? Our boy, Justin Herbert. I don't really think that surprises anybody, but Justin Herbert was the only other rookie in 2020 to throw for more than 3,515 yards. That's impressive season from Tua. I don't care what anybody says. Second best rookie in the league in terms of yardage, in terms of touchdowns, in terms of everything. I love it. He also completes passes at a similar clip to Mac Jones. And you know what? Everyone sucks Mac Jones wiener in the media when he does it, but when Tua does it, Everyone's like, no, he just throws short passes. He just throws slants. It's, it's, he throws dumps, dump offs. Mac Jones does the exact same shit and he gets his wiener sucked off. Tua does it and he gets his wiener flicked. I don't really understand. I don't understand what the deal is. that's impressive to me Tua is doing it I have to wrap this up but I think Miami would be stupid if they didn't let Tua start for another the rest of the season another one and maybe another one look how much leash Baker Mayfield has gotten Tua should get similar similar leash in Miami but of course they got their boner for Deshaun Watson so who knows but I'm trying to wrap this up I love Tua he's my boy just one more Tua 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 Let's go. I love Tua, I love talking Tua, but I gotta move on. Go to my Instagram, go watch the video. me talking about TuA it is going to be absolutely fire. Quickly, I will say this is absolutely random and just off the cuff out of the blue. I watched the XFL when it was on a couple of years ago. Was it good football? Absolutely not. I think the only guy that I noticed from the XFL that's even made uh, any type of starts or anything, in the XFL is P.J. Walker for the Carolina Panthers. And if you ask Carolina Panther fans what they think about P.J. Walker, they absolutely hate him. The guy was the XFL MVP, and nobody likes him. I have a little prediction here. If that league ever comes back, that league is going to be headlined by Odell Beckham Jr. If the Rams cut him loose, there's there's reports that Odell just stormed off the field and went into the locker room because he wasn't getting targets this week already in Los Angeles, and if that keeps happening, the Rams cut him loose, I don't understand really how another team would want to take a shot on him, obviously they will, but what I'm saying is, if the XFL doesn't come back next season, come back in two years, and Odell's somehow still kicking around, getting shots in the NFL, he will headline that XFL with Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson running the show, completely random, I don't know why I thought of that earlier in the week, but I did think of it, and I don't know if Dwayne the rock Johnson ever brings it back. I could see him throwing a boatload of money at Odell Beckham jr. To headline the league. And he'd probably go to the XFL and also be terrible there because the quarterbacks wouldn't be able to throw him the ball. And he'd quit probably a couple games in and that would be classic Odell. Um, I am going to recap these picks quickly. And then I'm going to get into talking about the Jays with the Robbie Ray situation. I got a couple interesting things I heard from Steve Phillips on overdrives that I overdrive that I really want to talk about and give my opinion, but I am going to start with the props that I was leaning towards on the weekend. I started with touchdown scores and I started with Jamar Chase at plus 120. It didn't hit. He only caught three passes for 39 yards. He's really, really slowed down here these last three weeks. Um And, you know, teams have kind of really started to figure out what him and Burrow had going on. He's not as much of a deep threat anymore. They're kind of using him out of the slot all of a sudden, which is kind of weird. Um, They're starting to figure him out. And that's back-to-back weeks for Jamar Chase with three catches and less than 40 yards. So that, that one just couldn't hit for us. Michael Pittman Jr. was our next pick at plus 140, and that one didn't hit the guy had 10 targets and only caught 4 balls for 53 yards. I talked about picking him because of his usage and with 10 targets you ex- you can see what I mean. Like I you completely see what I mean with the 10 targets, but I don't know, he just couldn't find the house. My next bet this one hurt me a lot. It was actually got the jersey on, loving the boy. You just heard the chant from afar Tua Tagovailoa at plus 400 and boys. <laughs> He scrambled from like the four or five yard line and slid down at the one to avoid contact from two defenders from Carolina. I said it was a long shot. It came up one yard short. So is it a bad bet? I don't think so. When you get a guy plus 400 and he goes down at the one, does it suck? Do you want to win? Yes. But in terms of a bad pick, no. And same with the Michael Pittman Jr. I picked him because of usage and he got 10 targets. Is the Jamar Chase a bad pick? 100%. I will own it, and to move on to even more bad picks, I gave out Jalen Hurts, and my my thing was is just like, the guy's been rushing for touchdowns, and he's at plus money, just pick him until he goes to minus money, guy had eight rushes, eight rushes for 77 yards as the quarterback, couldn't get in the house, so that one didn't hit, and the last one I gave out was a usage thing again, and it was Keenan Allen, and it was about usage, 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 and the guy got 10 targets, caught seven balls for 85 yards, and just couldn't get in to the house that Charger team struggles they're struggling Keenan Allen just can't find the house and it's a rough showing and I'm really happy I I wasn't betting for real this week and I was just telling you that's where my leans were and I told everyone don't follow me because I'm not losing with you I hope you didn't unless you actually listened to my reasoning and thought yeah that makes sense because a lot of those did make sense to me but I guess at the end of the day who the hell am I to say that. My overpassing touchdowns, I gave a few guys. Give Tom Brady over two and a half touchdowns at plus 130. That doesn't hit. Playoff Lenny, who's turned into regular season Lenny, he had four touchdowns, so Brady just wasn't needed. He only had one. I talked about how how many three touchdown uh, games Tom Brady's had in his career, and he just it just didn't come to fruition. It didn't matter. Tom Brady only threw one, so the over two and a half at plus 130 did not hit. I had two, two over one and a half, and he only got one. They ran from the five or six yard line twice. They ran Miles Gaskin from the wildcat. He just walked into the end zone both times. That's tough when you're betting on a quarterback to throw touchdowns and they bring in uh, from the four or five yard line, they bring in their running back to take the snap from the wildcat. I don't like it. I get that it worked. And if you're a Miami fan, you're probably like, yeah, that's great. We had two touchdowns. But as a guy who bent on Tua to get over one and a half touchdowns and a guy who believes in Tua and believes that Miami's kind of robbing him of actually developing I think it was a bullshit call. <laughs> so we lost that bet of Tua over one and a half passing touchdowns. And I also said, take a peek at Matt Stafford over two and a half. That hit Aaron Rodgers over two and a half. That didn't, but I did say, just take your pick on either one. And hopefully you went Stafford because I, I thought there was going to be a ton of touchdowns. I said, only pick one because there's not going to be six passing touchdowns in that game. At least I didn't think there wasn't. There was only five Stafford had three Rogers had two. I hope you picked Stafford, but that one just screamed like one of them was going to go over. And I'm pretty sure it was like plus 140 and plus 155 or even more than that. But now we move on to the game picks that I gave out. And I gave out Seattle plus one in the Monday nighter versus Washington. I gave that out Saturday. I think the line ended up moving to be Seattle favorites, but I gave out Seattle plus one and they lost by two. They lost by two. I hate Vegas, man. I hate them. They know the number. It was plus one on Saturday and Seahawks lost by two. Like, it's just ridiculous. I just, I don't know. They just know, and it's hard to bet against them, and that's a game where you could just see it. Like, they know what's going to happen, and we don't. I also had the Eagles, minus 3.5 over the New York Giants. Talked about the momentum for the Eagles. Talked about a good time for them to grasp, you know, a a good hold on, you know, taking a good run at the division lead and getting a good spot in the playoffs. But, I don't know, they showed up, and they were the Eagles. They lost 13-7. Um, this the least amount of points that the Eagles have scored this whole season. It's been completely opposite of what they've shown in the last five weeks. In the last five weeks, they put up 40 points twice or three times. They put up seven against the Giants this week when I bet on them at minus, or I didn't bet on them, I guess, when I gave them as a pick at minus three and a half. And it's just like, why not? Why wouldn't that happen? Why would every trend not break when I pick them? Whatever. I also gave out Pat's alternative point spread at minus four. Um, that, would, that one hit, but I also said parlay it with something. So I don't know if that really counts as a hit pick, but if you use it in a parlay and it hit, And it does count, I guess. The last pick I gave out was the Bengals at minus three and a half versus the Steelers. And the Bengals dummied them 41 to 10. I said, I didn't think the Steelers could move the ball and they didn't. The Bengals win and cover the spread. And that's a much needed W for the confidence for everything to end it. Um, And just to quickly go into this Robbie Ray situation. Did I want Robbie Ray for the Jays? Yes. Am I happy with Kevin Guzman? Yes. You needed to get one of those two guys. The five years at 110 million for Guzman or Gosman, whatever you want to call him, I love it. I think it's great. I'm apparently, according to Steve Phillips on Overdrive, I'm going to break this down. And according to Steve Phillips on Overdrive, so don't quote me, I obviously don't have the inside source. Jay's offered five years, $110 million to Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray's agent. Tells the Jays he may wait until after December 1st to sign. He may long play it. He wants to go through the process. He also already has more on the table. So the Jays are going to have to probably offer him more because he doesn't even know what he's going to get because he's going to slow play it. Blah, 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 blah. Jays were kind of like, well, I don't want to get caught here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for Robbie Ray. We may not be able to get to the number that another team offers him. So we might as well offer this contract to Kevin Guzman because we have to get one of these two. We have to get one of these two. I don't. Jays Guzman said yes. Jays signed Guzman. Apparently, Robbie Ray didn't really have a bigger deal on the table. He only had that one deal from Seattle, which was one million dollars a year more. It was five years, one fifteen. If if Robbie Ray would have came back and said, "I have a five five year one hundred fifteen million dollar deal on the table," the Jays would have matched it, no doubt. And Robbie Ray would be playing in Toronto instead of Seattle. But instead, I think his agent got caught being greedy, got caught being greasy, whatever you want to call it he got caught. I don't blame the Jays for going out and making a business decision here and saying we need to get a guy. I can't sit around and wait for you and then hope that you sign when there's a guy sitting there that we like just as much, maybe a little bit less, but just as much in Kevin Guzman. We need to sign him. I love that move by the Jays. I love that move by the Jays. Love it. Love it. Love it. I might have to go get a Kevin Guzman jersey if the guy performs. Now, there's been a couple of fire ads that we've had the last few weeks, a couple of great sponsorships of the pod. No actual real brand names, but great sponsorships of the pod. Let's see what we got this week. Today's podcast is sponsored by Christmas Advent Calendars. Get into the holiday spirit today and buy yourself a Christmas Advent Calendar from wherever the hell you shop at. It's great for families to get you excited. Count down the days until Christmas with an Advent Calendar. Get yourself in the holiday season. I know I am with my family this year. My favorite is the Hershey's Cookies and Cream Advent Calendar. Tell me what yours is today. Go get it from wherever you shop. Christmas Advent Calendars. Get in the season. That man is fired up about the Christmas season. He loves his advent calendars. Who could blame him? Christmas season is here, and that guy in the ad was absolutely fired up. I don't know who he was. Seemed like a good ad, though. Anybody wants an ad done, hit me up, because you'll get absolute gold like that, so we're gonna look ahead to Week 13 into the NFL season, and we're gonna start with the Thursday night game. And like I said, this is another one where this is off the top of my go- dome. I don't do the research on my Wednesday look aheads. I give you all my research and all my picks on Saturday. I don't waste my time. Researching on Wednesday because half the time I put in research on Wednesday and I talk about big guys having big games and then they don't even freaking play by Sunday. So I stopped doing it. This is off the top of my dome scrolling through Betway. So if you're looking through your app right now and it's different odds, I'm sorry. It should always be within a point or a couple points, whatever. Same with on the money line, should be the juice, should be somewhat similar. But maybe with I'm doing Betway and you're on Bet365, I might have something at minus money. You may have something at plus money. It may be something that you want to jump on, right? Because Books see it differently. You may see it differently. You may get better odds at your spot. But anyways, I'm going through Betway, and we're going to start with the Thursday night game to kick off Week 13. And it is the Dallas Cowboys versus the New Orleans Saints. The Cowboys are favored by 4.5. They're minus 220 on the money line, and the over-under is set at 47.5. I you know what, like the New Orleans Saints have been horrible the last few weeks. They've been absolutely terrible. I talked about it in my last pod that I bet you Sean Payton has been really missing Jameis Winston. And it's hard to admit that probably for him, but he, Jameis Winston was a good enough game management or game manager to take over some game for him and win some games for him, at least with the game plan he can instill. The Saints are just not the same team. They're not the same defense, but you could also say the same about the Cowboys. Their defense hasn't been the same. Their offense hasn't been the same. They haven't been the same team. I hear everybody saying that Denver game really exposed some serious cracks in Dallas Cowboys game, and every other team in the league is picking up on it. I still like the Cowboys minus four and a half here. The Saints have had a hell of a time scoring. I know Zeke's out. I'm pretty sure Lamb's playing. I'm pretty sure Coop's playing. I'm pretty sure Gallup's playing. And I know Dak's playing. I think they can get it done in the passing game. The Saints are really good at uh, stopping the run, although they weren't a couple weeks ago. Like I said, they haven't been the same. They allowed like 240 something yards to the Eagles. They're just not the same team. I like the Cowboys there. Minus two twenty is a great on the money line is a great thing for a parlay piece. The minus four and a half on the spread doesn't look too bad. Um But yeah, so I like the Cowboys all over the map there. The next game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Buccaneers are 11-point favorites, minus 550 on the money line. The Falcons are plus 400 on the money line, and the over-under is set at 50. 11 points is a lot for this Buccaneers team right now. I know you just saw them do something different with Leonard Fournette going off for four touchdowns last week, but... Atlanta didn't look half bad either, considering they're goddamn Atlanta, I guess. You know, Russell Gage kind of stepped up. Matt Ryan found another target. Corderell Patterson, Scorderell came back and scored. I 11 points is too much there. I would lean. I would lay the points with Atlanta and go plus 11 is where my original lean would be in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Atlanta Falcons game. That under 50, 50 seems like a big number too. So my two leans in that game early here on Wednesday would be Atlanta plus 11 as long as Cordell plays and the under 50. The next game is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals are favored by 7.5, minus 360 on the money line. Bears plus 280 on the money line and the over-under set at 45 and a half. Cardinals 7.5 here. Probably too big of a number for me to get to. Um, they're just not healthy right now. They're another team that's just not the same right now. Them, the Rams, like they're all just kind of sputtering along here late in the season. And it is, as everyone said, it's the longest season in the NFL this year and everybody's injured. It's like, yeah, everyone gets injured every year, but this season it seems a little bit different. It seems like they're going to bottleneck here. Every, every division, almost going to bottleneck here in the standings coming up quick. And we're going to have a hell of a time watching and betting on these games. Cause I think the week 16, 17, 18, there's going to end up being a lot of pick because Cause there's a lot of good matchups. is going to be, end up being a lot of pickems, and it's going to be tough to gamble and it's going to be fun to watch. So, um, Getting back to this game, I guess Cardinals and Bears. I don't like I don't like it either way. Cardinals are favored by 7.5. I don't like it either way. I wouldn't go Bears. Wouldn't go Cardinals next game. Chargers and Bengals. This should be a good one to watch, but it also has a chance to be a, a stinker. Like both these teams, you never know really what you're going to get. So it, I would think that it's going to be close, and that's what the odds makers have it. Bengals are three-point favorites, probably where it should be, minus 165 on the money line. Chargers are plus 140 on the money line. The over-under set at 50.5. This is a 50 and a half that I would hit the over on. But like I said, it's a cautious hit because you don't know what you're going to get from either team. These teams are sketchy to say the least. Um, The Chargers especially, I would, earlier in the season, I would be hammering the Chargers at plus 140 on the money line. But I've kind of learned my lesson with the Cowboys, with the Chargers. But, you know, when it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And that's what happened with the Chargers early in the season. And that's what happened with the Cowboys early in the season. And I fell for both traps, which is unfortunate. So what I'm trying to say here is that I would lean the Bengals minus three, but I would love the Bengals minus one sixty five on the money line for a parlay piece. Like if you if you parlayed that um Cowboys game, let me just do it for you. Minus two twenty um on the money line for Dallas Cowboys over New Orleans Saints and minus one sixty five on the Bengals will give you plus one thirty three odds, which I mean, I know some people are looking for the plus six hundred, plus seven hundred. That's just not how I gamble. I feel like that's just not how you, if you're obviously you don't really make money sports. Like it's unless you're doing it for a profession as a as a legitimate day job, you're not going to like make money gambling on sports usually. Um, yeah, if you hit that one plus forty seven hundred odds, you're going to hit it. But I like giving that plus one thirty three, plus one forty. You hit two or three of those in a week, it's also a pretty good week as well. So like I said. Bengals' money line parlayed with the Cowboys' money line. There's a pick I'll already give for you to hammer down because the Cowboys play tomorrow. Hammer down. Um, Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions is the next game. The Detroit Lions aren't going to win this season. I called it earlier in the season, like week six or seven. I said they're not going to win. They're not going to win a game this whole damn season. The Vikings are favored by seven. They're minus 310 on the money line. Um, Detroit's plus 240 on the money line. It's not a live dog situation. Over-under set at 46.5. And the Vikings at minus seven is what I would hammer All day long. I'm just going to move on from that game because I feel like people would be like, really? You're going to have to tell me why you'd pick the Vikings over the Lions. I really don't need to tell you. The next game is the Colts versus the Texans. And the Colts seem to, in my mind, seem to have big spreads either way every week. There's never like close games, I feel like, with the Colts. It's always like seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half. And that's what it is here. The Colts are favored by nine versus the Texans. Minus 400 on the money line. Texans plus 310. Over under set at 45 and a half. Texans kind of showed up with Tyrod Taylor here a little bit, haven't they? Kind of changed, flipped the script a little bit. Nines a lot. Colts are a good team, especially on defense. The Colts are for real on defense. They take away the ball. It's such a good clip. I don't know how many exact takeaways. I'll, I'll tell you on, on Saturday's pod, but they have the most takeaways in the league, and I bet you it's upwards of 30 takeaways that that team has on the season on defense. That helps you cover a big spread like this at minus nine, especially playing against a team like the Texans do I want to say, do I, I would lean the Colts minus nine. You know what? I would lean the Colts minus nine, but also if you've been listening this long, you know, me, I will go to the alternative point spread and buy some points to get the Colts at minus six, because that's where I would like them more. So, you know, me, I am giving you the lean right now, just because there's no odds given to me for alternative point spread at minus nine, but you know, me, you know, how I roll. I will probably buy the points on the alternative point spread. The next game is the Miami dolphins versus the New York giants. And the Dolphins are favored by four. They're been, they've been playing pretty well here as of late. They're minus 200 on the money line. Giants are plus 170, probably a live dog situation if I'm being 100% honest. And the over-under is set at 40 and a half. Giants kind of stifled the Eagles last week, which means almost nothing to me. But Miami's probably in a similar realm as the Eagles in terms of like quality of team and quality of play and everything like that. They probably bring about similar thing to the table just minus the rushing game. I like to bet, I mean, I just talked about him at length. I'm wearing his damn jersey. I like to bet that Tua wins this game for them. Minus 200 on the money line screams out to me. Minus four does not. Minus 200 on the money line screams out to me. And it's weird. I've never called something like this, and it's just coming to me now. I see a game-winning drive situation from Tua. Brings him down. I'm not saying a touchdown. Brings him down, kicks a field goal. Dolphins win by two, Dolphins win by three. So do I like minus four? No. But do I like Dolphins minus two hundred on the money line? I like that a lot. Like I said, I can see that game coming down to the wire and Tua ripping them down for a game winning drive. I can see Tua doing it more than I can see Daniel Jones doing it. Tua Jalen Waddle combination. Maybe throw it to Gasicki a little bit, throw it to Miles Gaskin, dump it off. I like it. I like it. And that's where I'm going with. I like Miami Dolphins minus 200 on the money line. Either bet it by itself, because not bad. You just have to put a little bit more change on it, or use it as a parlay piece, and maybe I'll find another one for you. Because, like I did with the earlier with the Bengals and the Cowboys, I'll find another one for you. This one doesn't have anything really posted for it, but it's the Eagles versus the Jets. Eagles minus 300. I think it's because Jalen Hurts is questionable. Eagles minus 300 on the money line. They're favored by 6.5. Jets plus 235 on the money line with Zach Wilson throwing the ball. I don't know if you have really a chance to win. The guy just... Can't stop throwing picks. He's like me playing Madden on my franchise on all on all Madden. I just throw ten picks a game. that's Zach Wilson playing in real life defenses just read them. They're just like thank you, thank you. It's Pat Stadden day when you play against Zach Wilson and you're in the secondary. Do I want to bet on the Eagles though? Absolutely not. Minus six snap. They just showed it. Like I picked them uh, a couple weeks ago. They got it. like they, they hit for me. I picked them last week and they just throw up an absolute stinker against the Giants. Do I want to pick them? No. So I'm not going to give you a lean for the Eagles and the Jets game. The next game is the Washington football team versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is another one that's kind of close to a pick And I wouldn't know who to pick, but I know who I would lean. And the Raiders are favored by minus two and a half here. They're minus 140 on the money line. Um, and the Washington football team's plus 120 on the money line. I don't see why you wouldn't go on the Washington football team here as a as a live dog. This is 100% a live dog situation. If you don't like them to win outright, plus two and a half is not a bad number either, especially if it moves towards the Raiders a little bit more and you get plus three and a half for the Washington football team. I would go on the Washington football team over under 49 and a half. Wouldn't touch that. I just don't like this Raiders team to be consistent week in and week out. Do I like the Washington football team to be consistent week in and week out? No, but they actually play well from week to week. Taylor Heineke, he's not not bad. Everyone's giving him the credit that he kind of deserves. He's been playing well and he deserves that credit. I would lean. That could be a dog of the week come Sunday. I know I missed the quick hitter. It was kind of a hectic week in the Kelly apartment hold, not household, apartment hold. But, you know, what can you do? I I was bragging about going 12 or 13 weeks in a row, and I wanted to go all the way to the playoffs, and then I missed one. But it's out of my control. There's things that are more important than a Sunday quick hitter, in my opinion. So, Washington football team could end up being dog of the week on this week's Sunday quick hitter. The next game. Is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams are minus 13 point favorites. Minus 670 on the money line. Jacksonville plus 480 on the money line. And you know what? Going into last week, I know everybody saw it. I'm not breaking news to you. There was like five injury tags on Matt Stafford. It was something in the lower body. It was something with his arm. It was something, or like his shoulder. It was something with his elbow. And it was the chronic back pain flaring up for Matt Stafford I know he ended up still throwing for three touchdowns he threw a couple bombs but this guy's struggling probably to get out of bed in the morning and then just showing up on and playing on Sunday. I don't know if that's sustainable, especially when you got a 13 points. Do I like the Jacksonville Jaguars? No, but there's another game for you that I may buy points. So the minus 13s at minus 105, I would assume that if I went down to minus nine, minus eight, it's going to be minus 185 or minus 200. And that's probably what I would parlay with the Dolphins at minus 200 is the Rams at minus between anywhere between minus seven and minus nine, get it under that 10, get it under that 10. Get it under that 10, <laughs> anything under like between seven and nine. And I would hammer that with the Miami Dolphins at minus 200. You get two minus 200s or minus 200 and minus 185. It's probably about plus 125, plus 130 odds. You hit both of those parlays that I gave you in a week. It's a pretty goddamn good week. The next game is the Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Ravens are favored by four and a half. They're minus 215 on the money line. Steelers are plus 170 on the money line and the over-under set at 44. I would hit the over in that probably in like my early lean, as long as everybody's still in for Baltimore. And I would lean Baltimore minus four and a half. I'm completely out on the Steelers. I said this earlier in the season. They just can't move the ball. And the thing is, it's not even like if you have a backup quarterback or quarterback like Washington football team where like, um, Fitzmagic went down and then Taylor Heineke came in and he still slings the ball. Mason Rudolph can't do that. Like they just don't have or duck, whatever his name was. The other guy, they just can't sling or Dwayne Haskins. I think they actually have, they can't sling the ball at all. Ben Roethlisberger can't sling the ball at all. They're in trouble at quarterback. They don't move the ball well enough to score against anybody. Baltimore Raven defense isn't too bad. I like the Ravens at minus four and a half versus the Steelers there. Um, the next game is the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. And you know what? My dad will attest to this. Me and him have watched a couple Seattle Seahawks and, and San Francisco 49ers game when I was living at home and me and him would just sit there and it would be a wow fest. Like we could not believe what was going on. I miss sitting there watching games with my dad. Besides the point, San Francisco 49ers minus three and a half point favorites, minus 170 on the money line, Seattle Seahawks. plus three and a half uh, on the point spread and plus 145 on the money line, the over-under set at 45 and a half. I like the 49ers probably at minus 170. I was on the Seahawks to beat the 49 or the Washington football team on Monday night. And they couldn't even do that. Or I got, I had them sorry to stay within plus one and they couldn't even do that. They lost by two. That's just Vegas rear in their head and being like, yeah, we got that time machine. We got that time machine. We already knew how this game was going to end. That's why it was plus one all week long, baby. They knew what was going to happen, but I would go 49ers 49ers are starting to pick it up here. Jimmy G playing well apparently they already said they're going to trade jimmy g's traded at the end of the season and they're going to go roll with trey lance i could see jimmy g landing in green bay because i think aaron Rodgers is at a green bay at the end of the season i could see jimmy g landing in green bay if if mac jones wasn't uh getting the attention and doing as well as he was i would say that i would have saw jimmy g going back to new england and hell maybe he will if if, uh bill belichick sees fit bill belichick's pretty ruthless he'll sit Mac, mac jones back down if jimmy g wants to come back and he sees that it's a better fit but I see Jimmy G going to Green Bay. I don't know where that happened, but minus 170 on the money line, San Francisco 49ers or on the spread at, I forget what it was there, minus three and a half, I believe. Yeah, minus three and a half on the spread. I like them both. And my Betway app, of course, is tripping out here. So I'm going to have to stall for a quick second. Um, But I think I only got the primetime games left here. I think I only got the Sunday night and the Monday night. And I do. I got the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs on this as the Sunday nighter, and the Chiefs are ten point favorites, minus four fifty on the money line. Broncos plus three forty on the money line, and the over under set at forty seven. The Chiefs are kind of back, um, but are they like they're? They, they, I get the Cowboys didn't play well and they they held them off the points, but they only scored nineteen against the Cowboys. There, they're not necessarily back back. <laughs> I don't like them at minus ten. I just want to say that. Do I like the Broncos at plus 10? Not overly, especially if Drew Locke's playing. I don't like it. Teddy Two Gloves in there slinging the ball. I don't mind. Um, Broncos at plus 10. But if Drew Locke's throwing the ball, I don't like this game, honestly, either way. I'm not going to pretend and sit here and give you a pick and pretend like I I know what I'm talking about in that game. I don't like this. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to give out a minus 450 on the money line for Kansas City Chiefs? I'm not about doing that. I'm not going to do that. So the next game... This game is actually, I'm so excited for this game. Everybody will be going wild for this game. And it's on Monday night, and it's the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are minus two and a half point favorites. Over-under set at 43 and a half. The Patriots plus 125 on the money line. Do you just bet the Patriots, man? Do you bet the Patriots? They're playing old school football. They're punching everybody in the mouth. The Bills seem kind of soft. They're kind of reeling. This is for the division. Bill Belichick's probably gonna walk up and put a hundred grand on the board and say, boys, we win. This is split between the team as a quick little bonus. I've been around for 50 years making millions. I'm all set. This is a bonus for everybody in the room. This is from Bobby Kraft up top two. Here's another hundred grand. I don't see the Patriots losing, but I'm not a big guy that thinks like Mac Jones is gonna. Is He's not, in my mind, a confetti quarterback. He's not going to win you a huge game. He's not going to lose you a huge game either. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to lose you a huge game. But if this game goes to a shootout, I don't see the Patriots keeping up with it. But I don't see the Patriots letting this game be a shootout. It's so hard to pick. It is so hard to pick. My early lean would be probably the Patriots on the money line at plus 125. I think they win outright. So then anytime I say a team wins outright, it's safe to say I like them on the spread, too. So, Patriots both ways. I like it a lot. I just think, like I said, I just think they punch the Bills in the mouth and they just take over the game, and that's and that's that. So, quickly, before I get out of here until Saturday, I'm going to recap, or not recap, I'm going to preview the game tonight between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche are getting some help back. They get Nathan McKinnon back after missing, I think it was like eight or nine games, and of course they get him back against the Leafs. But what, like, really, what can you do? This is Kadri's return, and I wish the Leafs had like a middleweight scrappy fighter, like almost like if we still had Zach Hyman, I would put a bet down that Kadri would get in a fight, and I would put a bet if it was a thing on anybody's book. Gordy Howe hat trick, Nazem Kadri tonight. He's a guy that's going to come back to Toronto and probably go off. I believe, I could be wrong, and someone might be like, you're an idiot, but I could be wrong. I think this is his return to Toronto, his first game in Toronto. He's been lighting up the league lately. He's been on fire when McKinnon was out because he was getting all the run there. I see him kind of having a factor tonight. I always loved Naz, man. The thing that kicked him out, everybody will be like, oh no, we had John Tavares and Austin Matthews. The thing that kicked him out is the guy that he's not reliable in the playoffs. You got to be reliable in the playoffs. You got to play there. His contract was good. There's no way that we wouldn't have kept him if we could have. like, We, we could have kept him. The thing is that he was just too unreliable in the playoffs. And he brought it over to Colorado. He got a huge suspension on a dirty, dirty play in Colorado in his first season in the playoffs. It just shows you. like, Naz just cannot help himself. He can't do it. But the preview of the game tonight, Jack Campbell's going for the Leafs. Darcy Kemper is going for the Avalanche. I like the Leafs. I like the Leafs. Obviously, I like the Leafs. Um, is out. He's day-to-day. McKayev's still out. Um, Like I said, McKinnon's back. I'm not going to talk about the betting like this. If you want to look at your app and see what it does, I always like, in a big game, betting Austin Matthews. Over is like if it's one and a half points over that. I always like betting Mitch Marner over his points in big games. I like betting Austin Matthews to score in big games. I like betting William Nylander to score in big games because if you look at William Nylander, he is good in big games. Look in the playoffs last year, he was probably the best of the big four in the playoffs. So there's there would be my leans. I would also lean on the Leafs. Money line, not puck line. Don't go puck line. Go money line. I think this is going to be a great game. This is two great teams. Like I said, McKinnon's back is going to be a little rusty. Yes, but the, it's it's going to be a great game. Avalanche got a lot of firepower. Leafs have a lot of firepower. Two teams that are playing pretty well right now. It's going to be a good one to watch. Can't wait. 7 o'clock. I'm going to have one screen on the Leafs. And once 8 o'clock rolls around, I'm going to have one game on Survivor. And once those are done, it's December 1st. So me and my girlfriend are obviously going to watch a Christmas movie. It's my classic to watch Elf on December 1st. But we'll see if that tradition continues today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Peace!